Hi, Starlet. How are you today? Hi, Tanya. I am well. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. I just want to thank our viewers today for joining us. I have a special guest. Uh, her name is Starlet Moore, and I'm so excited to share with you episode uh, number two for Married to the Ring. I am the founder, Tanya Williamson, and we are here on this amazing journey as you join us with the setback fuel my faith. Uh, I have shared previously that I was quickly climbing the corporate ladder in the financial services industry. I had received countless promotions and earned a six-figure salary by the age of 30, which was a major milestone for me. Uh, unfortunately, uh, as an African-American woman, during that period as I was employed, I didn't really do well with my finances, right? There was so much money out there. Um, I hadn't received financial literacy. I was fluent in budgeting, um, but I just did, I did not properly invest my money. And so when I lost uh, my employment, uh, things kind of went haywire. And today we wanted to bring on this episode for you, Starlet Moore, who is a financial advisor, a credible one from um, Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, she is the CEO, founder of J Christian International LLC, a professional training that provides financial literacy, investment, education, and entrepreneurial training. Her mission is just phenomenal. It falls right in line with my uh, with my book, The Setback Fuel My Faith. Her mission is to help women start their journey in investing, growing, and protecting their money with confidence and faith in order to build generational wealth. I don't know if our audience is aware, uh, but to have, you know, to have a position in corporate America as an African-American woman earning a six-figure salary was definitely rare in the late 90s and early 2000s. So not to mention just being an African-American woman, but labeled as a college dropout, having a child outside of wedlock and being a byproduct of poorest parents. This is definitely a huge accomplishment for me. And so one of the things that we're doing is we're making sure that we provide solutions uh, to our audience. And so this is what Starlette Moore is coming on today to really share uh, some strategies, some key tools and strategies that would be able to help those individuals, whether you're climbing and merging as a leader or whether you've lost and you need to get back up, girl, uh, these tools will definitely help you um, as we start our series and our journeys collectively together to be able to help other women. So Starlet, thank you for joining me today. Thank you, Tanya, for having me. <laughs> With that overall introduction of you, I'm so excited to have you here. I know we have so much to talk about, but we're going to break out just portions of our discussion today for our audience. But tell me, you know, you've seen statistics such as myself, right? Uh, where, you know, individuals growing rather quickly in corporate America, young, uh, you know, I was young at the time, not familiar because I was not as uh, literate in financials. Tell me uh, some tools or share some tools or some statistics of what you see so that it would be able to help those leaders that are actually emerging, uh, make sure that they put controls in place. Yeah, so thank you, Tanya, for that. And I just want to just pause for a second and just say, you know, let's just thank God because one of the beautiful things in me listening to your story, your introduction right now, we know that God restores, God yeah. rebuilds, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, so absolutely. So just so the audience can know, 
you know, it doesn't matter. Whatever you're going through right now, you will come out. And God has a plan for restoration. So I just want to say thank you, Lord, for using Tanya to be able to use this platform to be able to encourage others who are going through this process or been through the process to be able to share their story so that others can heal and move forward. Absolutely. I just want to thank you for just one, acknowledging our God. And and that's what, you know, faith without works is dead. And one of the missions of this at Fuel My Faith, faith is to cross over, you know, and pursue your purpose. But most importantly, before you do that, embrace the journey, embrace the process of whatever it is that has caused you a setback, learning how to get back up. So where there's adversity, there's always opportunity. Wouldn't you agree, Starlet? Oh, absolutely. And as you talk about the first question, what are some of the tools and strategies? First of all, the first tool and strategy we have just in our hands is the word of God. And I learned for myself um, as a corporate woman making six figures, I remember in 2011, I was going through a transition, new family, new this. And so we were going into a new church that focused on the family. And so in this new church, the pastor will always say, you know, the scripture that says, God gives you the ability to produce wealth, Deuteronomy 8.18. So I sat back and said, what? You know, God gives you the ability to produce wealth. And it was from that point on that I started searching God's word to say, what does that mean? So one of the best books on finances is the word of God. Yes. And, and I would say, Tanya, one of the foundations that we need to learn or go back to is the word of God, because there's over 2,350 scriptures that deals with how to manage money and possessions. You could not have said that any better. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And so when we talk about, again, let's break that to practical. So as you talked about being a young woman, a young African-American woman in corporate America, earning six figures, but you lacked a key component, financial literacy. Yes, you were doing a budget. You talked about that, but you were, you lost control of that extra, if we're going to call it extra or the surplus, right? Um, You weren't managing that well. And one thing that I had to share, you know, we as Christians, we know about the tie, the 10%, but we hadn't really figured out how to manage that 90% that he gives us. Yes. Yes. What's interesting, I, you know, just to share as I'm talking with you through this whole process, um, I, that era in which I was a corporate executive, that was the era where churches were uh, ramping up on that Jabez prayer. <laughs> they were ramping up on prosperity scriptures. And I actually entered into the church during that era. And so one of the greatest parts is, yes, I had the word of God. And I had loaded and locked up my, you know, my arsenal with the word of God. 
I just wasn't in the right environment. Uh, you know, meaning that I didn't have anyone around me who was fluent enough to show me how to translate that from the spiritual into the natural. Wow. Wow. That is good. Mm. So the more I loaded the word of God inside of me and I knew what his word stood on, I was receiving the principles. But the challenge was the resources um, and insight and also the busyness because there was so much that was there. So you mentioned the word of God, but I want to take it a step of it, uh, a step further is those individuals who are quoting prosperity scriptures and they are affirming prosperity scriptures. You must understand that there's work involved in defining your character while carrying out those scriptures. And that does include your environment. Oh, yes, absolutely. And, w- and when you talk about the work, right? So the work is, you know what? I'm going to make a decision so that I can manage these resources better that God has entrusted to me. Is making a decision that I am going to study what personal finances mean, right? It's making a decision that, number one, and we're making the assumption here that you are already a tither, but also it's making a decision that I need to set aside some of these resources that God has given me for the, my future and also for the financial security and sustainability for my family. Ooh, you just hit it on the nail because there are scriptures in the Bible that talks about us receiving wealth, but oftentimes people forget about the scriptures that talks about how you also have to store up during the famine, yes. prior to the famine coming, right? Right. So if we really were to really hone into that specifically, this is just amazing. I'm like doing cartwheels right now <laughs> because simply put, I was so gung-ho on the prosperity going up and it looking good, but no one, I didn't concentrate on those scriptures that was talking about, yeah, there's, there's a famine and seasons do change. Mm. And how you handle that famine is how well you prepare when you're in your wealthy state. Because you won't even lack it during the famine state if you properly used your wealthy state uh, correctly, which is associated with investment. Absolutely. And then, Tanya, we also have to think about as believers, right? Again, what we are projecting to non-believers, And I'm just going to use this as a scenario because, you know, as a person who also uh, do community work, just and we know, right, we have the naysayers. But just think about as you were moving up the corporate ladder, as you were also uh, giving more to the church and giving more to your family members, when you had that setback, when you start to fall and you had to, you know, go into your story of move your transition from your housing, and I'll let you tell that piece, you gotta mm-hmm. sit back and think about the people who are watching and say, mm, that's how God operates. Mm. That See, she up there, and I'm just gonna use this, I don't know if this is your story, but she driving around in that Mercedes, but now she at the shelter, or she up at the, um, you know, we have a 
food bank here, right? Mm-hmm. And I've heard stories of that, right? Where women have been, they're working well, they're doing well, they lost their job and they had to break down and drive their Mercedes up to the uh, Atlanta food bank to get some food for their children. And it was just a struggle there. But the people on the outside saying, why are you pulling up here? Well, you know, what's interesting is I think the first thing that I had to address was shame. Uh, And what I love about God is that I was too ashamed to speak with anyone about it, but I wasn't too ashamed to cry in his arms. And so I was fortunate enough where the Lord hid me during that journey. Uh, And most people didn't see me until I was published in the news journal being honored for it. So I was fortunate enough, but if I was to go back and share with some individual is everyone is not fortunate enough for that that type of testimony right however because I was now introduced to a different environment and in that environment there weren't people that I knew you know and so it's almost like an incubation stage but the people who did know me I shut them out from the process because I was too ashamed you know, and so that's what he had to deal with me on my emotional wellness, which mm-hmm. we we're going to talk about in another another segment where he hid me up, you know, because he knew that I lacked knowledge with regards to my environment. He knew that it wasn't something that I did. You know, you understand what I'm saying? Because my heart was right with Christ, he positioned favor at the lowest estate of my life. Although it did not feel good, right? And so that's what's so super amazing about God. But what's most important is what you talk about. I still had to go back, even after the loss and going into the shelter, I had to go there and still apply the same principles budgeting. But guess what? It was in the shelter where I learned how to invest. Mm. I love that. And let's talk about being ashamed, right? Mm -hmm. Because one thing I teach, you know, my clients and my students, but this is just the word of God, is that he he tells us to seek help, seek counsel. Mm -hmm. What we have to realize is that those individuals who are in that shelter, they are God's people. He put them in place because he knew Mm -hmm. his children would be going through that process. God has already set people up to be able to help you. And that's what we have to understand. And so when we're praying, he gives us a word to say, go this place. He's already made it happen. But we let our emotions get in the way of not seeking the help. We need, right? Yeah. And, and what I love about it is he was like, you're not going any further until you can get all of this stuff right. Mm. You understand what I'm saying? So it was just like, I, baby girl, I know that there's cracks, right, in your foundation. And you can't go any further until I solidify those. Because when I truly take you into a wealthy place, which is ownership of everything that I've given you dominion over, according to the purpose and the plan that I've assigned for your life, I'm going to make sure that you understand 
how to operate from cradle to grave with regards to finances across every plateau. And this is why I stress, Starlet, and I think that you really hit it, hit, hit, hit it at home, I guess. I don't care what anyone say. I say this in every aspect of your life. If I did not operate in integrity with what I did have when I had it, I might not have received the level of favor when I lost it, right? Yes. He showed me how to operate in favor and he showed me how favor proceeds profit. Whereas when I was a six-figure earner, I thought profit proceeded favor. Mm. Does that make sense? And so favor opens doors that money can never touch. Um, and he wanted me to make sure that I understood that his key principle was that he could open doors whether I had a dollar or whether I did not have a dollar. He's just simply God. And he wants us to be good stewards of those things that we have. And so share with some of our, our audience today, I guess, one of the things that you see oftentimes, especially with six-figure earners that lose their job, you mentioned something that I just gave me cringes because one of the reasons why I was ashamed is because I knew that the average person would not be able to assist me regardless of how it looked like because at that time, less than 5% of African-Americans even secured a position like that in the United States. Absolutely. And that's a great point because we have to remember, and I talk about this, right, as far as when God give us that ability, give us those promotions. First of all, promotions come from God. And so as you talk about is that building of our character. This is all about building our character and also building is about, are we going to trust him? So one of the things that happens is that you're right, when we're in those positions and we're bringing home that type of income and we are tithers or we are not, what happens is, is that now you find yourself in that position where you've lost your, your, your earnings, right? You've lost your income. Mm -hmm. And then I've seen this. We go to the church and we we want the church to be able to help us. But the church can only do so much. And and let's just put it in dollars. They probably cannot pay your mortgage because we got to remember the church is us. We the people. The church gets its funding from those of us who are tithing and giving offerings. So you have to understand, as you talked about, who can help me? And you have to become self-sufficient with the word of God, but also know God always, he always provides. Hmm. And, 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 and when you say that, I'm like, oh my God, I'm still doing cartwheels over here. So that you want me to tell you why? Because the first thing that I knew for the, for the church at the time that I attended, I was the highest earner in that church. So I I always donated. Mm-hmm. So I knew that the church was not in a financial position to help me because I was the one writing checks out and everyone else. <laughs> the crazy part about all of this, because it was a smaller size church, but the crazy part about all of this, the first thing the Lord spoke to me and said was, don't you become bitter. Yes. He said, while I take you through this journey and this process, don't you become bitter. 
because I'm going to teach you every key principle and every aspect that you need to know, you know, but don't you become bitter. You still acknowledge, you still be respectful, you still do things in excellence. But right now I'm setting you aside because I'm going to heal you throughout this entire journey and give you some key tools. And um, I thought that that was amazing because I couldn't complain because he assigned people directly to my path that I never knew existed. (laughs) But it was as if I was sowing seed. And see, people don't talk about this because seasons do change. I was sowing seeds during my harvest time and donating to nonprofit organizations. It was like God was saying during your during this during this this famine time, the seed that you sowed then is what's preserving you now. Exactly, sowing seeds. And the beautiful thing about that, Tanya, is that remember you were doing what you were called to do, and that was to sow seeds, right? Sow seeds, right? Mm-hmm. And to reap some of that harvest as well. But the missing part, as we talked about going back. You missed that second part, which was to set aside uh, money for the future, for yourself and your family. That was your missing piece. So, the, so there were some things that were out of order. If we look at the whole picture, there were it was just out of order. You had one or two pieces in order, but the foundation of the order, paying God first, then setting aside some funds for yourself and your family in the future, you were missing because you were taking your surplus and just uh, buying things or and not learning or not reinvesting in it into yourself to learn about financial literacy, investment, education, because there was just a lack of. And I don't know. Absolutely. Maybe you didn't think that we were you were ever lose that job. Did you ever think for a second that you would have did. that income? At that time, I felt like my parents, they'd been with their jobs for years yes. since I was a child. Yes. And I never thought that it would evolve. I figured in watching them, oh, I'm gonna stay in this position and I'm gonna keep climbing corporate ladder. But what was so unique about this entire position and what took place was that I placed all of my confidence in the organization because I have a 401k coming out because that was a requirement. I was receiving um, like bonus shares every time, you know, at the time we were up for bonuses and et cetera. But I didn't know. I wasn't educated. I was cashing in some of those shares of stocks when the when the numbers look good or if I felt like I needed to distribute it to another individual who may who may have needed something at that time um but I, I learned that it was after the fall I learned that I never ever uh centralized all of my income channels in one repository in one place because it's not healthy it's not good so I didn't have a diversified portfolio I had everything locked up in this company. I had my my position. I had my talent. I had my all my money. I had my 401k. I had my pension plans. I had all of that. And then when I saw the Social Security, because when I got the Social Security statement from the government, I was like, oh, I'm good because the numbers were already in the thousands for me to receive on a monthly basis yes. when I turned 60. 
some odd years old because I'm like, look, I'm only in my 20s and I'm already hitting peak season. The average person doesn't even receive that from Social Security. Um, and so not thinking the long-term effect. So to me, uh, yes, I had a 401k, right? But it was in the company I was hired by, right? Yes, I had the pension. But guess what? I didn't diversify and I had no clue what that was about. So all of that stopped. I mean, it was accessible, but I had to live off of it afterwards because I didn't do anything with it to grow it. Wow. And what I want to just say, too, with that time you talked about, again, that perception, right? Because we have seen our parents stay in those same positions for years, that gave us the security or the idea that we have uh, security, right? But now we've shifted, and this is in the 90s and, and 2000s, right, where companies are, okay, they're promoting African-American women, right, in small percentage. So now we still have that idea, oh, I'm going to be here for a long time. And just think about even now, I tell clients and individuals, we're in a different era. This is a gig economy. So we really have to learn, and a gig economy is where you're like, um, you work on projects at 1099. So you're there for a start and you have an end date. They may or may not renew you, but you're being paid well. So you have to make sure that you set aside some money for when you have those gaps in employment. And, and and I love you the fact that you said that because a lot of people don't realize is that, and what I didn't know, although I wanted to go up really fast, the first individuals who get laid off are the yes. top dogs. So if you don't have, if you're a top dog and you don't have a diversified portfolio, you're already challenged because you're already at risk. And these are things I didn't know. I just... You know, I, I didn't know, right? I'm already at risk. It felt good, but I didn't know I was at risk. You know, in any consolidation, any merger or any technical, you know, status or anyone being able to replace um, the position, um, it, it just, there's a mirage of things that we could talk about and we can go on and on and on, right? But these are things that we definitely just wanted to bring to the foresight of the audience and, and make everyone very much aware because as Starlet and I, take the time over the next few months and introduce segments and series that will be able to assist everyone, we want to get into the heart of what really matters and how you can streamline it from the spiritual into the natural so that you too can succeed. And, and even if you don't have a six-figure income, I believe the tools that Starlet offers, which she'll highlight today for you, um, will really be able to get you moving it's not how much you make it's how well you manage what you make absolutely and also it's also about not how much you make but also how much you keep Ooh, say that starlight <laughs> so that's another thing Tanya that we get wrong we're looking at oh I'm a six figure earner I'm this and that but really it comes down to how much are you keeping and growing? And how much are, let's take that a step further. And what are you building for your legacy? Mm. That's good, Tanya. That you own. 
that you can contribute. Jesse Duplantis says something to me. I mean, not to me. Well, one day he'll speak to me. <laughs> but he said something on TV today that just blew my mind. Someone said to him, your granddaughter doesn't even know me her and she's about to receive. And he said, that's because God made me fortunate because the Bible tells us to leave an inheritance for our children and our children's children and our children's children's children. And I love that just to even just what, what will be the one thing that I will leave from today's segment from the discussion that Ty and I have shared with you. And it is just sit down and look at your finances. Just really just start looking at your finances. Where do you have all your eggs? Is it in one basket or is there many baskets? But just just take the time, 30 minutes, and just really just start thinking about, let me see, where's my income coming from? Is it only earned income? If it's only earned income, I need to diversify. I need to start looking at some passive income. I need to look at some portfolio income. And what that simply means is that we have to take the resources that God has given us and take that cash, which is your income, take a portion of that, invest it in some other assets that generate income for the long term. You said that so nicely. Where were you, Starlet? In my early 2000s, when I lost that job in 2004, one day after my birthday, mm. on my 31st birthday, where were you? But you're here now, and guess what? We're on a mission to help as many women as possible succeed at life the right way. And what's so amazing is, Starlet, just share with them how they can get a hold of you. Yes, thank you, Tanya. Again, my name is Starlet Moore, so you can find me on Facebook. Or better yet, just send me an email at info, I-N-F-O, at Starlet, S-T-A-R-L-E-T-T, Moore, M-O-O-R-E, dot com. Thank you so much. And for those of you out there, you know that the Step Back Feel My Faith will be released this summer. Yes. And it's going to share multiple segments. But the financial piece, I believe, is so critical. Because if I had done things differently, the outcome would have been different. And so I want to say this to you. You can locate us at MarriedToTheRing.com. Or you can go to Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram at MarriedToTheRing.com. Or you can purchase our pre-sale book at MarriedToTheRing.com backslash fuel. It's on sale right now. So we ask that you go out there and get that pre-sale. Get in that pre-sale order before we drop it this summer. So I just want to thank you all, our viewers today. Thank you for listening to us. Starlet, I appreciate you. I thank you for all the knowledge and I look forward to bringing more series about financial um, how to improve financial literacy um, to our audience over the next few months with uh, a collaboration um, with Miss Starlet Moore thank so thank you and you all have a great day thank you